0: Somewhere in the frigid north, a young warrior slinks through the shadows within a large network of tunnels. The man halts his approach as he reaches a large opening. Several frost giants move about, carrying large chunks of blue crystal, setting them down before a large plateau of ice. Well, this certainly isn't ominous at all. A figure steps out onto the platform, adorned in black metallic armor. A dark energy wisps around him. The large giants kneel before the Black Knight. Without saying a word, the knight raises his hand toward the crystals, pulling arcane energy from them. The blue streams of power turn dark, filling with black and purple as the dark energy flows into the Crystals. That would be my cue. The young warrior holds his large shield close, gripping the protruding handle from the top and draws a blade from it. Flames of passion? Give me strength. His sword becomes red-hot as the blade is consumed in a strange red flame. The blue crystals shift to a dark red, with what appears to be a cloudy storm within them.
1: This dark ritual ends now, Stygian Knight.
0: The Shadow Knight drops his hands and stares on towards the warrior as the giants rise from their kneeled position. Dispose of him with his flaming sword he slices forth dropping the first giant to its knees another approaches as the third runs for a large club the second giant throws a large punch towards the attacker who brings up his shield to block the force sends him sliding back before he is able to regain his footing once again he charges forward The giant swings wildly for the man's head, but he adapts, sliding below the strike and popping up to drive his blade across the side of the beast. The warrior leaps into the air. Too late, he notices the first giant back to its feet. Another massive strike, cracking the helmet of the warrior and sending him into the cave wall. His red hair covers his eyes as he struggles to get back to his feet. Bring him. The final giant approaches, swinging the club over his shoulder as he slams the young warrior down to the ground. Despite the repeated heavy hits, the man maintains hold of his sword, clenching it tighter and tighter as the flame grows weak. The giant grabs him by the armor and begins dragging him up the icy slope to where the evil knight stands. You will make a fine addition to the collective... The young man smirks as his sword reignites brightly. He lunges up with his blade towards the night. Black, shadowy tendrils emerge from the ground, catching the man mid-air, holding him in place. This will not hold me
1: forever!
0: The man's body starts to move slowly, struggling to bring his blade up. The evil knight takes notice. With a forceful push, the man is sent back towards the giant. With a wave of his hand, a rift tears open behind the giant. The man and giant collide as they fall through the rift. Now Warden and Melanie stand in awe, having just witnessed Cutthroat being crushed. The giant crawls back to his feet, drawing his club.
1: Careful! This one's been corrupted. What does that even
0: mean? The giant scoops up the corpse of Cutthroat and whips the body toward the group of concentrated threats. The mysterious knight leaps in front, blocking the blow with his shield. He tumbles back past Warden and Melanie.
2: All right, let's stop standing around and help him! I was planning on it!
0: Melanie knocks an arrow, aiming at the giant as it starts stomping towards them. The arrow flies loose, piercing the thick skin of the giant as Warden runs towards him. The beast's club swings down towards Warden, exploding the ground on impact as he dodges out of the way. Several more arrows bury into the shoulder of the giant, but it doesn't seem to care. Focused solely on Warden, the giant's eyes shift completely black. You!
1: Me? Hey!
0: Hey! The giant turns its attention towards the knight. The man buries his sword into his shield as it begins to morph. The shield shifts around the blade, creating a much larger sword. The blade ignites in a bright red flame. The knight runs forward, bringing the great sword up over his shoulder. Hey, switch! Warden leaps back as the knight swings the blade over his head. Leaping into the air in one fluid motion, flames trail behind the blade as he swings it forward into the cracked pavement, discharging a rising pillar of flames in front of him. The giant catches flame, crying out before the flames dissolve. The beast falls to its knees, clearly injured. Warden approaches cautiously. Hold up! A blackish-purple wraith writhes its way out of the mouth of the giant.
2: Ugh! Gross! What the? Stop! Get back! The
0: wraith flies off toward him, reaching for him. On impact, the wraith is rebuked from his body, bouncing towards Melanie. The knight's blade reignites as he charges, ah. slashing upwards and through the dark beam.
3: Okay, what just happened? Who are you? And what was that...
1: that... Uh, thing? That was totally wicked! Yes. That monster was indeed wicked. But the evil is no more.
2: No, I mean, like, cool. How did you do all that? With the fire?
1: Uh, hello? Yes, sorry. Uh, my name is Leo Emberhart, And I'm a wielder of the flames of pride and passion.
3: Okay, but that still doesn't explain what just happened what the hell that thing was.
1: That thing was a nester. It's a vile being of darkness that requires a host to survive in our realm. It tried to nest in you, but I'm guessing it didn't understand how synthesoids work. Well, lucky me. I'm truly grateful for the assist. But, um, where are we?
2: Um, that's a great question.
1: I guess we
3: never really asked about that one.
1: Oh, so you must be traveling adventurers like myself. Perhaps I've heard of you? I'm Warden, and this is Melanie. Sup? Nope, but it's a pleasure to meet you both.
0: Leo looks around to the buildings nearby and starts walking back towards town.
2: Hey, where are you going?
0: Uh, I've been here before. You don't even know where here is. No,
1: see, I recognize this building here. The town is this way.
3: Yeah,
0: we know. Warden and Melanie start to follow Leo back into town. Warden catches up to Leo, looking over his shield.
3: That is some
1: weapon you have there.
0: Why, thank you. It was custom made.
3: No way. Really? Where from? I'd like to get something like
2: <clears throat> Unfortunately, I don't think we will have the time, Warden. We have to return home.
1: Well, if you ever find yourself in the rock city of Stoneburg, check out Baron's Forge. You could tell him Leo sent you.
0: The three continue on, reaching the safe part of town. Melanie and Warden stop in their tracks.
2: How is that possible?
1: It's not. Or at least, it shouldn't be. Um, guys, it's just the diner.
0: But it wasn't just any diner, it was Todd's diner, restored to its humble glory. The three enter Todd's diner to see a lively crowd of people and a familiar orc standing above the bar telling a story.
4: And I stared death in her beautiful silver eyes. And I said, not today.
3: (laughs) He's... he's...
1: he's alive. Did something happen to Todd? Wait, you know Todd...
0: I said I've been here before, didn't I? Todd notices the three and hops off the bar. Uh,
4: uh, Aye, friends. Good to see you. Leo,
3: how the hell are you? I'm well, Todd. And you? Leo, my boy. Never better. I don't understand, Todd. You were dead. Choke killed you. Burned your diner to the ground. Eh,
4: water under the bridge, eh?
2: That's not what that...
4: It would seem I have a guardian
1: angel, my friends. Can I get you anything? You know, it has been a long day, Todd. A chocolate would hit the spot. How about you guys? I really should pay you back somehow. Actually, we need to find the wizard. Of course!
3: He stays by the inn. You can't miss him. Okay, then. It's great to see you again, Todd. We will be back soon. Thank you.
0: Melanie and Warden exit the diner, now noticing a small tent beside the wall of the Starlight Inn.
2: Oh, come on. This can't seriously be the guy. Let's
3: reserve judgment. He did resurrect Todd and his diner. At least, I'm assuming he did.
2: He lives in a tent. Trust me, I have seen plenty of wizards back home, and that's one heck of an assumption
0: warden approaches the tent with melanie following behind it appears to be a normal tent with the exception of a button on the face of the tent
3: see how many tents have you seen with a doorbell on it
0: warden gently presses the button melanie rolls her eyes hectic sounds of clambering are heard beyond the flap as the face unzips revealing a crazed looking man with a beard trailing below his waist and crooked-framed glasses.
5: Hmm. Yes? Can I help you?
3: Hello. We are looking for the wizard. Todd sent us.
5: Ah, of course! How could I be so blind? You are the Synthozoid, and the wildling Gibbon has been yapping about. (laughs)
0: Come in, come in. Your friends are inside. The wizard opens the flap fully and steps away. Melanie and Warden share a look, before trying to enter the small tent. Upon crossing the threshold, Warden finds himself in a very lavish home. He spots a very naked Gibbon standing over a small hot tub.
3: I have no words, Gibbon. Your friend,
5: um, Cason, was it? Carson. How is he? He is recovering in the lab. Suffered some serious injuries. Good thing you got him here when you're dead, Gibbon.
0: You have a lab? Melanie finally enters the tent, her eye immediately drawn to Gibbon.
2: Oh, Gibbon! Gross!
0: Gibbon sinks into the water, embarrassed, leaving only his eyes exposed. The wizard takes his long cap off of the chair nearby and approaches Melanie, grabbing her hand and kneeling in her direction.
5: The name's Idracor. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance, my dear. (laughs) What can old Idricor do for you?
0: (laughs) Melanie struggles to hide an expression of disgust as the wizard's frail, wrinkled hands caress her own. She quickly pulls away.
2: Ah, charmed!
3: This is Melanie, and I'm Warden. We're hoping you could send us home. And where is home, exactly?
5: Earth? Ah, yes, a couple of interlopers, I see. There's just one problem.
3: And that is... You
5: two aren't from Earth. You're a synthesoid and she's a wildling. If you wanted old Hydracore to send you to Earth, however,
2: you simply had to say so.
5: It may be against the law, but who cares?
2: Look, I don't care what you call us, but we're from Earth, born and raised. We only started to look like this after we got here.
3: Yeah, and then there was a thing with the crystal. Hmm, bright blue crystal?
0: Melanie nods her head in response. Edricor folds his arms and rubs his fingers through his beard.
5: Ah, fascinating. Please come with me. I have to run tests.
0: The wizard grabs two strange-looking gadgets from his workbench and tosses them in the air. The devices activate and circle around Warden, scanning him. Once finished, the devices begin to scan Melanie as a holographic display of Warden is projected on the workbench.
3: (laughs) That
5: is incredible. What is it? These little doohickeys here took an arcane scan of your body. Once the data is processed, I'll be able to tell you way more. You two should get some rest. Won't be ready any time soon. There's a guest room just back down the hall.
2: Okay,
3: then. Melanie? Want to turn in?
2: That's not a bad idea.
0: Melanie and Warden head to the guest room as the wizard waves them off. His cheeky grin shifts to one of focus. As he turns back towards the scan of Warden, the blue figure begins to light up, glowing in the temple. Edricor swipes his hand below the image, picking it up and bringing it closer to him. What do we have here? A small object in the chest of the little Warden begins to glow with the same bright blue of the crystal. Ah, there you are. The next morning... Warden sits by Carson's bedside, his mechanical eyes dark. Melanie wanders about the home, curiously gazing at the wizard's peculiar collection, pausing at a strange-looking stone. Melanie reaches out to wipe the dust off. Do
5: not touch
0: that! The damage is done as the stone pricks Melanie's finger.
6: Ouch! shit!
0: Melanie pulls her hand back as blood runs down her thumb. The blood on the stone begins to glow before burning off the surface.
2: What the hell was that?
0: The stone begins to shake, levitating off of the pedestal. Warden rushes to the common area.
5: What's going on? Uh, I told you not to touch my things!
0: The stone glows brightly as it finds an open space. The common area is consumed in light. As the light fades, a small child kneels before Melanie.
2: A child trapped in a stone. It's a
5: summoner stone. I don't control what comes out, much like how you apparently can't control your hands from touching things
0: that don't belong to you, interloper. The boy rises, standing at attention now. Despite looking like a child, the boy has long, shaggy sideburns, fur down his arms, and a monkey-like tail protruding from his rear.
6: Good day, ma'am. My name is Louie, and I have been assigned by the gods to be your fearless protector. Um, no thanks?
2: You're a child.
6: I assure you, ma'am, despite my age and small stature, I will do everything in my power to keep you and your party safe at all times.
2: That's okay, you can just go back into your stone and I'll set you back on the shelf. That's not
5: how this works, I'm afraid.
2: Little
0: Louis here is now bound to your servitude. The boy nods in agreement. Melanie drops her head into her palm, rubbing her face.
3: <laughs> Congrats, Melanie. You have a little servant boy now.
0: You
6: don't call him that! I am her fearless protector, not some feeble servant
2: boy!
3: Jeez, my bad. Sorry, kid.
2: Louis, is it?
0: The boy nods, then returns to attention.
2: Well, first off, Louie, you can relax. You don't have to be so... formal.
0: The boy relaxes his shoulders and drops his chin.
2: Oh, uh, right. Sorry, ma'am. Enough with this, ma'am, crap. Just call me Melanie.
0: Warden turns his attention towards Edricor as the boy nods.
2: So,
3: Edricor, are those lab results ready yet? Taking a bit longer to process, I'm afraid.
2: Why can't you send us home?
3: We could be radioactive for all we know. I think it's best we hold tight until the results are ready. Besides, Carson is still resting.
6: Ma'am! Er, Melanie! You are injured! Please, allow me to tend to your wounds!
0: Louie points to her bleeding thumb before running off.
6: No, it's fine! You don't have to...
5: Stop touching my things! (laughs)
3: Maybe we should go see what's happening on in town. I stepped out for a moment earlier, and it sounds like they have a celebration going on.
2: I guess we can kill some time.
3: Take your little boy with you.
2: Fine. It was your rock. Louis.
0: The boy rushes back to Melanie, dropping to his knee, offering a makeshift bandage to her. Melanie palms her face before accepting the bandage. The three exit and enter the town circle. Vendors are set up all about, drawing in locals. Leo spots Melanie and Warden, waving towards them. Hey guys,
1: since you didn't let me buy you dinner last night, I hope you'll at least allow me to treat you to some souvenirs.
0: Leo's gaze lowers to the short, monkey-like child, clad in light armor. He lets out a warm smile.
1: Well, hello there! Wait, um, is this your son?
6: What? No! My name is Louie, and I am Lady Melanie's fearless protector.
1: Oh, fearless indeed. Now then, who's ready to go shopping? Sure. Let's see what they've got.
0: The four walk through the crowd towards a shop with a gnome standing on a stool, shouting,
4: Come one, come all, come see the wondrous magical goodies we have for sale! Perhaps you'd like a bottomless sack, or perhaps something more devious. Haha! <laughs> Silver Tongue Spectacular finds has what you are looking for.
0: Warden approaches the kiosk, leaning over to examine various items behind the glass. Melanie and Leo approach shortly after, as Louis stands guard behind her.
4: Greetings, travelers. See anything you like? Well, don't be afraid to ask questions. I promise... I won't bite!
0: (laughs) Displayed behind the glass are various magical trinkets of unknown properties. Warden turns his attention towards the items within reach on the wall. He grabs a small pouch off the hanger, examining it.
4: Careful with those, Metal Man! Shake them a bit too hard and they might explode!
3: (laughs) (laughs) What are these?
4: Those there are
3: boom beans.
4: Small metal beans that explode on heavy impact. Great for any occasion.
3: Any occasion.
0: Hmm.
3: How much?
4: 75 gold pieces. For a hundred, I'll throw in a bottomless sack.
1: Sold.
0: Leo grabs a coin purse off his person and starts to count out the total.
1: Oh, you, you don't have to do that. No, 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 no. I insist. Consider it my thanks for helping me last night.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Melanie continues perusing the items when the second gnome leans over the counter. Psst. Hey, you looking to test your luck with a little game of chance?
2: What do you have in mind?
0: The gnome pulls out a strange-looking gotcha machine. Melanie rolls her eyes.
5: Seriously? The rules are simple. You pay me five gold and I give you a token. You take that token and insert it into the little machine here. Then the machine will spit out a random orb containing your prize.
2: But be wary, not all prizes are winners. (laughs) Okay, fine. Here's the gold. And your token, miss.
0: Melanie inserts the token into the coin slot and spins the dial a few times. As promised, the machine spits out a bubble. Melanie takes it from the tray and pops it open. The orb vanishes, leaving behind a tiny gummy brain.
2: Gross! Is
5: that a brain? Ah! A very potent item indeed! A knowledge bite! How does it work? All you have to do is recite a question out loud, and then consume the brain. Then, as long as the universe knows... The answer will be shared within your mind.
2: Whoa, seriously? That's cool, can I go again?
3: Melanie, what's going on over here?
2: Check it out, Warden, tiny brain.
0: Ooh, I wanna play. Warden takes his turn on the machine, turning the knob and receiving his orb. He removes the orb out of the slot. Once again, the orb vanishes, This time leaving behind a metal dandelion, with one petal remaining.
5: Huzzah! A wishing flower!
4: Though, this one appears to be used.
5: Huh. How does it work, exactly? Simply pluck the final petal
7: from the flower, clutch it tightly, and recite your wish.
1: I'd say that's pretty useful.
7: What?! That's way cooler than the tiny brain.
0: Louis spots another game off in the distance. A large orc sits at a table, smashing the arms of his competitors into the mat. Louis approaches. Ha <laughs> ha! Next.
6: Excuse me, sir. I would like to try.
0: Ha <laughs> ha! Scram, kid. This is not a child's game. I don't want to hurt you.
6: No, oh, I don't think you can hurt me.
0: The orc sneers, sizing up the boy. Fine. Five gold.
6: Oh, crap. I don't have any gold on me.
0: I'll tell you what.
4: Since you're so confident, I'll waive the fee. Now, put up your arm. Don't say I didn't warn you, squirt.
0: Warden continues to look over his new item when suddenly... His eyes go purple as he collapses to the ground. Melanie rushes to his side, shaking him desperately. Adam. Warden slowly regains consciousness, but not in the same place he once stood. He stands alone in darkness.
3: Hello, Melanie. Is anyone there?
0: Warden grows uneasy hearing a skittering in the distance. Soon he notices the millions of purple eyes watching him from all directions.
3: Okay, keep breath down. Remain calm. After all this time, welcome home, Adam. Who's there? How do you know who I am?
6: There is no need
3: to panic. Child, you are safe now. Who are you? I am
0: your destiny, and it is time for you to join us. Dark tendrils begin to reach out towards him as if to accept him.
3: Stay away from me.
0: Warden begins to glow a faint blue color. Bloating out in a shield surrounding him, incinerating the shadows. Back at the shop, Leo reaches over the counter, grabbing the gnome by his collar and lifting him to his face. What have you done?
5: Whoa, 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 wait, read the sign, read the sign! All sales are final! Now unhand my shirt collar, you dashing brute!
1: If you had anything to do with this...
4: I swear I did no such thing! Please let go! Put my brother down or I'll report you to the guards!
0: Leo sneers before lowering the gnome down, dusting off his collar. Warden's eyes light up as he awakens with Melanie leaning over him.
2: Warden! Oh, I thought you were dead!
0: Melanie?
1: What? Where am I? Looks like Lady Luck is on your side. Warden, are you okay? I'm fine.
3: I just... I felt like I was somewhere else.
2: Well, you're here now. Come on, let's get you up.
0: (laughs) Melanie helps Warden to his feet.
2: Um, pardon me? Melanie? May
6: I have a turn at this game? I have my own coin! I won it from beating that gentleman over there in an arm-wrestling match. <laughs>
0: Louis points to the orc, holding his hurt arm. He scoffs at the child.
2: <sighs> oh, okay, be careful. This game is not for kids. Then it's a good thing
0: I'm not a kid. The kid slams the coin down on the counter as Hortel hands him a token. Here you are, kid. <laughs> Louis inserts the token, giving it a quick spin. He quickly swipes the orb from the machine as Warden spots a nearby tent with a sign in front of it, reading Madame Marvel's Mystique Boutique. He slips away from the group. Leo takes notice and follows behind.
1: Hey, Warden. Are you sure you're okay? I know I haven't known you long, but you seem rattled.
3: Yeah.
0: I just need some answers.
1: This explains your interest in the
0: psychic. This should be interesting. Warden and Leo enter the tent. Similar to Edricor's, the inside is far larger than it would seem. Many mystic items trace the wall, but Warden's focus is on the woman seated behind a crystal orb. Excuse me?
7: <laughs> come, come. I know what it is you seek,
0: Synthesoid. The crystal ball begins to change as a picture forms within.
7: Wait, you first.
0: She points towards Leo, ushering him to sit. Oh, um,
1: no thank you. I'm good.
7: The ball has spoken, young man. It wants you to know. Now please, sit.
0: Okay, fine. Leo reluctantly takes a seat, trying to look into the crystal ball.
1: So how does this work?
0: Hush now. I
7: see... Fire. No, there's something more. Something within the flames. A powerful entity. It would seem you have attracted the ire of something truly sinister. Tread carefully, young knight. And watch your back at all times.
1: Look, I'm not afraid of a little fire. But I do welcome
0: the challenge.
7: Now you. A mystery you are indeed. Show me.
0: The crystal ball darkens as darkness swirls around within it. Warden feels a slight panic wash over him.
7: Darkness clouds your destiny, Synthesoid. You are bound by it, and face it you must.
0: How? <clears throat> Madame Marvel slides a large tip bowl forward. Right, of course.
7: Through the loss you suffer comes the strength you will need.
0: Warden ponders the psychic's reading. Warden and Leo return to Melanie and Louis to find a large chest beside them.
2: <laughs> What's that? Where have you been? You can't just pass out on me and then disappear.
3: I'm sorry. I guess I didn't consider that.
2: Whatever. I'm just glad you're fine. The mayor dropped off our reward, said he didn't have time to chat, and then ran. I got this weird belt.
0: Melanie pulls off her new metallic belt. It appears to be a segmented blade, loosely hanging from the hilt.
2: But that's not all. Watch this.
0: Melanie gives the hilt a quick flick of the wrist as the segmented blade retracts, becoming flush with each piece before it forming a solid blade.
1: All right, there's the whip sword. Baron original design. Mayor sure has good taste.
2: Aw,
0: oh, that's so cool. What did I get?
2: Take a look for yourself.
0: Warden opens the chest, feeling overcome with joy.
3: No way. I get to have a freaking arm cannon. This is the greatest day of my life.
0: Warden picks up the arm cannon. It quickly begins to integrate itself into his left arm. Whoa! This thing is so
4: cool! That's amazing! Yoo-hoo! Interlopers!
0: The old wizard approaches, twirling his beard. I have something to show you. The group follows Edricor back to his tent. Leo takes in the wondrous sight of the interior, as Edricor grabs the lab results.
2: Wait, why are you here?
1: Mm, You know, um... That is a very good question. He's fine. Besides, might
3: not be a bad idea to have someone watch the kid while we figure out what's going on.
6: Hey! I'm a fifth-generation, battle-ready soldier! I don't need a babysitter!
2: Look, there's a lot of dangerous things in this house. The last thing I need is for you to summon a child of your own.
0: Louis hangs his head in defeat, taking a seat on a nearby cushion. Edricor returns with a smile across his face.
3: Please tell us that's good news. Indeed!
5: You two are very special.
2: Oh, great. Here we go.
5: Special how? You two have been chosen by the universe to become Realm Jumpers!
2: Realm Jumpers?
1: Chosen? No way, that is amazing. I've heard stories of the realm jumpers, but I never thought I'd get to meet one in person, let alone two.
2: Okay, but what does any of this mean?
5: You two have been chosen to be the guardians of these realms. I've never actually heard of anyone being chosen, so
3: you two must be extra special. That's great. But we have a home to get back to. This place? We don't belong here. Whatever life you had, that's over, son.
5: You have been chosen by a higher power to protect this realm and countless others. You need to accept
3: your new responsibilities. Protect from what? So far, all we have seen are crime bosses and religious assholes. The Corruption.
2: You mentioned something about that earlier with the giant. What is it?
5: It's not a what, but a who. A being of pure darkness, whose only ambition is to spread his influence and eliminate the light. He tried many centuries ago to take this world But the Realm Jumpers assembled an army of the greatest warriors our world's ever known. And together, they fought back the invader. Now I fear he has returned.
3: (laughs) I'm sorry. This isn't our fight. We need to go home.
2: Up until a few days ago, my biggest concern was how I was going to cover my half of rent. But now? (laughs) I don't know what to think.
5: I can send you home, but know this. When the Devourer comes and claims our world, he will come for yours, too. Only you won't have magic to defend yourself with. You'll just be squishy, helpless humans. And you, too, will fall.
0: Adam! Carson walks out from the lab using his hands to guide him as his eyes are covered.
3: You always said you felt like you were destined for more. Maybe... Maybe this is it. Maybe you were right all along. Are you really going to turn your back on a whole world full of people who need you? Carson, I... I'm serious. You have an opportunity to fight, and and maybe help this world survive. If you go back home, and if what he says is true, then it's only a matter of time before we are killed off, too.
6: Please don't let my world get eaten.
0: Louis gives Melanie puppy dog eyes as he pleads with her.
2: (sighs) I promise I will stay. Warden?
3: (sighs) Alright, then. I guess we're staying. What's our next move?
5: Excellent! If you two are going to help, then we need to reclaim the Citadel.
2: What Citadel?
5: The Dawnbreaker Citadel. They will have all the resources we need to combat this threat.
1: But taking back the Citadel will be no easy task. You know, I'm quite familiar with the area surrounding the Citadel. You'd like, I could take you there.
2: Oh yeah? What's the catch?
1: No catch. You guys help me out of a jam. So it's only fair that I help you in this situation.
2: Hmm. I don't buy it. He wants something.
1: We could use the extra hand. Are you always so untrusting?
2: Well, I trust him. You are a child. Your judge of character is hardly relevant.
0: Louis, once again, hangs his head in defeat. Melanie stares down Leo.
2: Fine. He can come. But if you try anything, I swear you will regret it.
3: Then it's settled. Let's gather our things and make way for the Citadel.
5: Once you have brought the Citadel back online, I should be able to establish a line of communication. After that, we shall build our forces.
3: Sounds like a plan. Uh, hey, E, can
1: I talk to you real quick? Of course, son, come.
0: Warden and Edricor head to the lab, leaving the others alone.
1: You may not trust me now, Melanie, but I promise you this. As long as I'm traveling with you, I'll do everything in my power to keep you and your party safe.
6: Hey, that's what I said!
0: Leo drops to a knee, matching Louis' height. Well, then it looks like
1: you and I have a big responsibility,
0: don't we? (laughs) Yes, sir! Warden and Edricor step out of earshot.
5: What can old Edricore
3: do for you, son? Can you send Carson home once he's fully recovered? Of course! Is that all?
0: Can't... (sighs) Warden contemplates what he is about to ask, accepting the consequences to come.
3: Can you make it so that he doesn't remember this place? The traumas he has faced, and all of that? I guess I should have asked if mind-altering was something you could do. Mm, it is. Are you sure
5: you want me to do this?
3: I'm sure. You might not understand why, but but it's for the best.
5: Then it shall be done. Oh, and here.
0: Edricor hands Warden a small gemstone.
5: After you have taken the Citadel, simply call out Bronzeworth, and the Keeper shall appear.
3: Sounds good. Thank you for everything.
0: Warden heads back into the room as Edricor stares back at him. He smiles. No, thank you, Adam. Back on Earth, a certain CEO stands before his large office window. Victor peers over the busy city below. He stumbles, feeling a sharp pain in his head. <laughs> The time has come for you to (sighs) turn. Never. Victor places his head in his hands, grimacing, only interrupted by his assistant entering quickly. Victor regains his composure. Sir?
7: Are you okay? I... I'm fine. It's talking to you again, isn't it?
0: Yes.
3: Which can only mean one thing. The end
8: is coming.
6: What are you going to do sir?
8: Whatever I have to. The Terra Arcanum Chronicles, the audio drama narrated by Marius Spangenberg, starring Mitchell Drake as Warden, Anna Kate Heinman as Melanie Rodman, Joe Clifford as Leo Emberhart, Jerkytown As Idricor Isamorn Halo Moon As Louie Jay Silver As Todd Todson And Archie Silvertongue Eric Smith As Hortel Silvertongue Mary Ann Stanick As Madame Marvel Corey Kulff As Carson Davis Hamish Coles As The Frost Giants Andre Canada as the Stygian Knight Jamie Clifford as the Darkness Jace Matthews as Victor Osborne Andrea Richardson as the Assistant Additional voices by Mitchell Drake Music by Mitchell Drake Sound effects sourced from freesound.org and Artlist Written, produced, and edited by Jamie Clifford